You're listening to Face Off, episode 117, recorded April 18th, 2011. Welcome to Face Off, your face-to-face technology podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jay Robbins. And I'm your other host, Mark Sanborn. In this podcast, Mark, what do we talk about? I think we talk about web development, social media, and web entrepreneurship. As always, you can get the show notes for this episode by going to faceoffshow.com. Listen, I'm too excited. I cut you off there. I'm sorry. You, you wanted to tell the listeners. <laughs> I wanted to tell listeners that we have uh, all those aspects of web technology, system web development, social media, and web entrepreneurship. Because I, you always get to say the intro, and I never get My to. My bad. Next time, next time, I promise. Nah, maybe not. Uh, maybe next time. Yeah. Right? Well, you do better. <laughs> so, um, what do we got for news and follow-ups, Jade? All right. So, the first thing I want to talk about, I saw in the news, which I thought is very. This is this is kind of an interesting little story. It's a, a Square, the uh, the mobile phone-based credit card processor, is now being sold in Apple Store. So get this. You go to apple.com, and you can look at accessories for your iPhone or your iPad. And if you go to it, you can see that you can get a Square reader with free software for only $9.99. And so here is the mystery. If you go to squareup.com, which is Square's website where you've had to go for a year or so since they've been around, you can get this nice little reader for free just by signing up. You can still get it for free? Yeah. Like I thought they no. pulled a fast one. Here's the thing I'm, th- I'm wondering, though. I'm looking at the pictures on the Apple Store, and it looks like it's the nicer reader. Plus, you can get it in black. You can get it in white or black, so for the fashion-conscious. Uh, how, how can you tell the nicer reader? Well, I just like, look at, like, ours. You know, ours, they uh-huh. don't have kind of nice, the nice rounded edges, and they look a little they look a little chintzier in their manufacturing. These ones look a little slimmer, kind of like a little more refined corners and stuff. So I'm wondering if the free one is kind of maybe the chintzier one, and if you pay the ten bucks, you get the super nice one that you see in all the pictures. Just as a reminder, the Square is the little device you uh, plug in your smartphone, Android or iPhone, um, or even iPod Touch, probably. Right. Um, it's iPod uh, Touch, will allow you- iPad, iPhone, all those. Ooh, iPad even. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Pretty cool on the iPad. Yeah, I mean, so it allows you to do little quick uh, credit card transactions with your phone, which is super handy. I mean, it's basically like having a little uh, teller machine with you at all times. Yeah, and very um, reasonable credit card rates. That's the cool part. Very reasonable. And, it, it, you know, you don't have any equipment to buy. If you have one of these smartphones already, you swipe the card. You can take a picture of the person or the item if you want for your records. And then, you know, on the touch screen, it shows a little signature spot, and you kind of use your finger to sign. It looks terrible, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun and, and cute when you do it. So uh, I thought, you know, this, I think it, it shows that Square is here to stay. They're doing, I think they're disrupting a lot of sort of this, uh, in the credit card processing room because it's just so easy. Now, I mean, you and I, we we use it to like pay each other back for like dinner and stuff. Yeah, uh, I remember back just a few years ago, you could buy one of those machines for like five hundred dollars and pay like twenty dollars a month to have a machine in your for your business. Uh, if you're just like a contractor, freelancer, or you know, do little things, or if you're just like me and Jade and you want to. Uh, split dinner it's it's perfect and you don't have to there's no monthly fee and if you go to their website you can get it for free if you want the uh you know the the version that we have yeah um 
So it doesn't really set you back. And like you said, the credit card transaction fees are low. They're on par with Google uh, checkout and PayPal. So I mean, I it's funny. I go to like a, a farmer's market here in town, and it I'm like, you people need this so bad because I I don't carry a lot of cash with me. I I tend to pay for everything with my debit card. I never carry a check. You know, even. You know, rarely have cash. And so when there, I can't, you know, I, I'm so much more reluctant to go to these things because if it's like, well, I got to go pull a 20 out of the ATM because you can only get 20s out of the ATM. You go there and you buy something, you have cash lying around, you know. So, you know, if you're like going, if you're a person that sells stuff at a craft show or any of these places where you usually get cash, think about this because it's free and they have great rates and I can almost guarantee you it'll increase your business. Because, you know, the thing is, like, sometimes you go to these places and they're like, oh, we take credit cards. And it seems kind of shady. You're like, I don't know. Are you just writing my credit card number down and charging it by hand inside later? I don't, you know. So this guy, you know, it's a good company, uh, well-known. The little device sort of sets it off as, you know, a professional thing. You sign it, you can get an email receipt. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and I think that this is really going to launch it forward now that, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but we're in the know. Our listeners are in the know, you know. A lot of people aren't, you know, they're out there and they have their iPhone and they think it's cute. And all of a sudden, you know, they might go on the Apple store to look for accessories for their iPhone and say like, oh man, a credit card processor. That's awesome. Pay 10 bucks. Mm -hmm. And there you go. <laughs> I bet you, you know, cause I bet, I bet that 10, the entire $10 is going to Apple because I bet you square still, you know, doesn't take much of a cut out of it because they're still giving them yep. for free on their website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so go get yours and go try them out. They're pretty cool. Yeah, you know, the thing is, too, it's like I don't do a lot of things that would require credit card processing, but I just got one anyways, and they've already got some money off of me because, you know, I have it, and it just makes it convenient, and I never thought I would use it anyways, but, you know, they're getting their 2.5%, and uh, super low percent, really competitive. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, let's move into our next one. It's an article I read, and I want to kind of talk to you about this whole uh, I, it was the article, the title article was sort of like 2011, the, you know, the year of the death of the check-in or what, let me, uh, the year the check-in died is 2011. Uh, and so I want to talk to you about this because 2010 definitely was the year of the check-in. We saw big services like GoWall and Foursquare come out. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, sort of later in the year, you started seeing uh, bigger, bigger places start trying to get into that space. Like Yelp added check-ins, Facebook added places, Google has, you can check into Google places now. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like for me in my social circles, it has died. It was it never really took off anyways. I, I always kind of said that I didn't think this was going to take off because I didn't think it was, you know, it seemed like an interesting thing for something like, uh, oh, what was the big the giant South by Southwest, right? You know, you have like mm -hmm. tons of people and all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, Kevin Rose checked in at this place. I want to go see him or, you know, but in general, I think for the average person, it's kind of like, so you went there. Cool. You know, I'd rather hear something constructive about it. Like, oh, I had this delicious meal at this place rather than just saying so-and-so is now the mayor of this Mexican restaurant because they've checked in there. You know, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think South by Southwest was the perfect place to launch something like this. Um, you know, for me and you, it's hard to say or hard to really have an opinion about it just because we were not in a city where this we could even participate in this um, until later in the game. I guess they did start adding uh, smaller towns later in the game, um, but there is probably very few people in, in even Bozeman that use this. Um, you know, I, I I don't know. It's you know I think I think the social aspect isn't kind of what they thought it would be. I think they kind of thought like I'd be like browsing Facebook and see oh Mark Samwer checked in at like this bar and I'd be like oh man I gotta go to this bar where normally it's like Mark's in town he'd tell me he's going to this bar. Um, 
I, you know what I think, and the truth is, I wonder how much of it also just, you know, you're right. We don't live in a big place. We don't notice it. This this article, which you can get to in the show notes, and I suggest you sort of read it, kind of did some sleuthing to say that, like, even though these services are starting to sort of say that they're doing okay, the indications that they found is that maybe they aren't. Um, and I think what they maybe need to do, and what I heard a lot of people like, is they kind of like the achievement badge system, which is kind of interesting, but... Uh, make it more of a game, make it more of a real life game. I think that would sort of, you know, rather than trying to make it a social thing, like, oh, Mark, look, Jade's here. Make it look like, you know, kind of like they do with the mayor system, but may- maybe be a little more clever about it. Kind of like geocaching, you know, like if you could do sort of mm-hmm. like geocaching sort of competitions and stuff, I think that will sort of uh, catapult it forward a little bit more. Yeah, maybe tie in uh, coupons to local businesses or or something that way too, like Groupon style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny you say that because uh, there was a tweet by Alan Branch today, and uh, it was kind of funny. It was just like uh, I was. It was something like I'm so tired of hearing like it's like Groupon but with a twist or like similar to Groupon. And his his line was just, "You're smarter than that, people. Come on, <laughs> you know." <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah. A lot of times, people they just try and tail onto these sort of things, and you know, real innovation isn't going to be something like it's going to be something completely true new and awesome. So, so yeah, I and Groupon's that- one of those too that like we can't really participate in. Here. Yeah, there's like, you know, what's funny is Groupon immediately had a bunch of uh, competitors, I think, that went out to sort of the smaller markets. Like in Bozeman, you mm. can get Seize the Deal. It's a, it's one of their competitors. They came to Bozeman. They really put in the legwork of advertising locally because that's the big thing. You have to let people know. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, Groupon is big enough. If they came to Bozeman, people would notice. But since Groupon wasn't, the local, the smaller competitors came to smaller markets like Bozeman and other places and really hit the feet advertising on radio stations and television to really try and get the word out because, you know, they don't have that power. And it's worked. I know a lot of people that do Seize the Deal here. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I think... uh but, but again, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, the last news and follow-up item that I thought was really cool was that uh, Dropbox recently sort of announced that they have 25 million users. And that is just a phenomenal amount of people, don't you think? Yeah, they're transferring 200 million files per day. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit. I think it was this weekend we were talking about how uh, cross platform things tend to do really well in like our for us um and you know like even though there's only a small percentage of like linux users and you know to some degree mac users they put into the you know the the time and effort to support them and i think for a service like dropbox it was very important to do so and i think that contributed a lot of it uh, a lot to their success yeah i think i agree with you because I look at, like, if it didn't work in Linux for me, I probably never would have used it. Because the truth is, like, I look at uh, another yep. similar service, Ubuntu One, that came out a little while. It was only Linux. And it just, I you know, the the magic of Dropbox for me was like, look, it's on Windows. It's on my Mac. It's on Linux, you know. And, and yep. that made me, that was like, that was a company that understands me and my problem. And they're solving this. And they're definitely thinking about it completely. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing is that they have, you know they've been gener- generous enough to offer two gigabytes for free for everyone. Um, I still haven't, you know, gotten past my two gigs. If I do, I will gladly pay for the service. I kind of wish they would have, you know, would have like a five dollar a month or three yeah. or four or five, you know, and somewhere in that range, dollar a month for like ten gigs, even five gigs. Just I would pay just because I like the service and I don't want to see it to go away. Yeah, our buddy Rob was talking about that today. He was like, you know, I feel bad. Because we talk about how I don't really like the freemium model, and Dropbox is definitely hitting the freemium model. You know, it has a good, solid, free service, and you can buy the premium, which is basically more space. 
Um, you know, and I usually don't like that. And, and we were thinking, you know, like I wish, you know, Rob made a great point. He was like, I wish they had like a $5 or $10, you know, or cheaper, not quite, you know, cause you go from two gigs to 50 gigs and you go from mm-hmm. zero to, you know, quite a bit. If they just had one that was just a little bit more like I would gladly pay for that tiny little bit of boost to completely, you know, offer the service. If they got rid of the free plan, I would, you know, and all of a sudden for two gigs, it costs $5 a month. I would definitely pay up. I mean, just cause it, it is so integrated into my work, my work flow now. The way I do things, I need that Dropbox. Absolutely. If they went away tomorrow, I would find something, or if I had to, I'd make my own. Um, but yeah, like I now that Dropbox has shown me the way of like syncing across computers, I would I can't do it any other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just keep you know, cool. sync all my projects. I sync my my Bash RC, my Vim RC, all those configuration files and stuff. It's totally useful. All right, Mark. I want to thank. Uh, and I guess I'm kind of thanking ourselves for our first sponsor of this episode, which is our web app Agile Task, which is dead simple task tracking. Agile Task features things like, uh, well, it's dead simple task tracking. It's super easy to add tasks. You can schedule tasks. You have tags so you can organize, organize them yourself. And the concept is really simple. Stuff you need to do today, stuff you need to do in the future. Uh, so check it out. You can get a free 30-day trial by going to agiletask.com. M E and after that it's just two dollars a month. So uh you know, especially I started a new job this week and I would have been lost without it. Or two weeks ago. Uh and it's been one of these things where it's just a whole different sort of workflow and um even though they have tools in place for organizing and stuff, it's nice to be able to just throw all this stuff in, in agile task and I know I won't forget it because that's a problem. This is what people don't realize, I, you know, and I think it's one thing you really have to do if you want to try and use a tool like this to get organized is I realized I am terrible at remembering stuff. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I just am. And and the truth is I need to trust these tools and I need to use them so that uh, I can be because I just am too forgetful. Yeah, and the more busy you get and the more things you have on your mind, the more forgetful you will be uh, when it, when it really matters. And the other thing, you know, Agile Task, we have an API and there's some Android apps and stuff coming in the future. So look look forward to that stuff too. Yeah, we're definitely playing around with mobile because that's what we've heard from a lot of people is that, you know, you need to get your tasks locally. And most browsers, most mobile browsers do an okay job, uh, but they're not fully optimized and everyone does like, you know, a nice app uh, by itself. So we're investigating that now. Check it out. Again, agiletest.me, free 30 days. Let's get into our Geek Tool of the Week. Our Geek Tool of the Week is a super, super little fun, simple game that uh, I one of my buddies found. Uh, it's called Yikers. And I was actually playing with it uh, this week with my parents and what's cool about it is it's this little game with you have uh, these sort of like little mouse pad triangles. So just little triangles of like sort of neoprene mouse pad. And you can lay these triangles in different configurations. And then the point of the game is that you just divide the number of magnets. They're these, you know, sort of uh, pebble-sized rare earth magnets. You divide them evenly among the players. And the first person to get their magnets all on the board wins. Now the catch is, though, if they collapse, which is like where they snap together or fall off the board, you have to pick those up. So uh, the board gets pretty full pretty quick. Uh, and it gets really fun. I was playing with my parents and my mom. Every time they would snap together, she'd jump like two feet in the air and, and <laughs> a, little, a little yelp. Nice. And, uh, so, you know, and what's funny is this. I've been, I've been trying to, you know, I have some buddies that are really into board games. So they really into like the German style board games, foreign board games. Really, you know, not, not Monopoly, not Risk. You know, not the ones you can buy uh, at Walmart or whatever. Uh, and it was funny because this is actually a game. You can get the link to it to buy it in our show notes. But, you know, I found it at Target. Or my buddy found it at Target. He told me it was at Target. And usually, you know, Target games, you know, my those friends don't like. 
But this one is just so clever and small and cheap that, you know, they totally fell in love with it immediately. It's just a fun little game, and uh, it's quick, super fast, so you're not going to be sitting there for four hours trying to get Boardwalk and wondering why you can't get past Go to get $200. Not only that, the instructions, I think you told me the instructions in like two sentences, and we were done, and we were ready to go. It wasn't like, wait, what do you do now? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So like it was, you know, last night I, I visited my parents and it was getting a little bit late and we had like, you know, a half an hour to sort of do something. And so we decided to play Yikers and, and they loved it. So check it out. Go to our show notes. So you can get the link to purchase it there. Super fun game. Let's get into our web apps. So uh, the first web app I want to talk about is, do you remember when I was talking about my iPad, how I found this really cool app? You know, it's funny. I make it sound like I found it, you know, like it was obscure. It's a super popular app called Flipboard. And it took all of your sort of different sources, your feeds, Facebook, Twitter, and made it into a magazine layout. So on your iPad, you just kind of sit, and uh, and it's a nice magazine layout. So I actually found that there's a, a website uh, that is coming out that is trying to do this as well. It's called Surfboard. You get to it by going to rideasurfboard.com. And so um, what it does is it's a web app, and, and it's very much in beta. So just so you know, like they're trying to do it all with HTML5 and CSS3. So they give you this big warning about GPU uh, acceleration required. And it's not totally required, but it is kind of glitchy. Um, but what you can do is you can go to this, you add a website, and it'll grab articles from it and then uh, kind of make it into a web-based version of Flipboard where you can read through it in sort of a magazine layout. Uh, and it is, it's sort of glitchy. It's very beta. But, I mean, if you don't have an iPad and haven't seen Flipboard, go to this website and you can kind of get the feel of what I'm talking about and what I love it. You know, it's so great. Like I added Hacker News as a news source on Flipboard today. And, you know, it's like one of those things It's great. You don't have to look through each article. It's just like you're sitting on the couch and you're like looking through and the ones that interest you, you know, because they're small synopses. It's the title and like the first paragraph. It's really easy to see if you like that, if you like that article. And if you're interested in it, then you can click it and read the whole thing. Um, and it's super cool. Yeah, I, uh, it's simple. I like it. Absolutely. I think, I think you know, because like I look at it, there's two types of RSS feeds. There is the sort of mail style RSS feeds where you go through each one, you read it, it's marked as read, you know, very much like email, you archive it then. Uh, and then there is like the magazine newspaper style ones where you don't want to mark each one as read. You just kind of want to find an easy way to browse through it and find the cool ones and, and, and read them, you know. Like I stopped subscribing to Lifehacker uh, and, and Gadget because it's like they flood you too much. And in Google Reader, you have to mark each of them as read. You don't like that. But they're perfect for like this sort of flipboard or surf ride surfboard app because you just have this big collage and you can flip from page to page and find the ones that interest you really quickly and read the whole thing. Yep. All right. So now that, oh my goodness, I'm getting, I'm getting the dry mouth here. We're, we're talking a lot here. Uh, the next one. So one of the things, uh, our next web app is what you find on the internet. One of the best things, the best uses for the internet since day one, since day one, I was on the internet <laughs> was getting the lyrics to songs, but the the rest of the internet found this out really quick and the worst part about it is that it's so full of crappy lyric websites that are jam-packed with ads and are a giant pain so you know you always go to google and you're like this song title lyrics you know like here let's you know uh what is what's like give me a give me a song here uh better man just, by pearl jam right 
And so this is awesome. It like uses like the Google instant search style. Exactly. Like you type it and it's like, boom, it's going. And it's, you got YouTube videos. You got the songs come so up. I, and- I guess I should say the web app is called instalyrics.com. <laughs> and what it does is just go to it. It's They have a Chrome extension. But in general, it's, you know, it's just a search bar, kind of like Google. You start typing. It starts doing the, the instant Google search. So, uh, you know, as you're typing, it tries to figure out what song you're looking for. Uh, and then when you get to it, it's very simple. You know, you can share it on on uh, on Facebook or Twitter. But yeah, there's the they try to find the first YouTube video on the side, and then you know they have all the different songs on the left, and you can leave comments for it if you want. But in general, dead clean, nice, simple lyric search, which is so hard to find on the internet. They are so terrible. Yeah, seriously. Next time I'm looking for the lyrics, I'm going here. Yeah, or install like- the Chrome extension, and then all of a sudden, boom, there you go. Yeah, the worst, like you were saying, you search for it and you click on a page and there's just ads all over the place and you're, you feel like your computer's yeah. going to shut down. Mark, there's do, so you, many do you want this ringtone? Do you want the song as a ringtone? You're like, no, I don't. I want the <laughs> lyrics. Will you give me the lyrics? I just want to sing and be happy. <laughs> so check it out, instalyrics.com. Really cool little web app. Uh, I want to ask our listeners, if you guys have news follow-up, a geek tool web app or topic you want us to talk about go to faceoffshow.com please go there let us know you know give us a shout out on twitter we're at faceoffshow or send an email to studio at faceoffshow.com we'd love to hear from you guys and we appreciate any feedback and any stuff we get from you guys you are awesome uh and with that in mind let's i want to thank our second sponsor for this episode which is our very own mark samborn's product rocket ship it rocket ship it is multi-carrier shipping integration in php and soon to be released in ruby correct yes that is correct coming soon in ruby i'm super excited because there's some big uh big companies that are going to be using it in the future and i should be able to announce that soon and uh yeah, no new features, but we're you know just working on you know polishing it up and make sure making it making sure it works very very well. Yeah, you know, and it's it's, it a, it's a very mature project. You've you've had it for well over a year now. I mean, longer than that even, right? Yeah, I think it's the second year. Yeah, even before you actually made a company on it, you had you know the basically the canonical blog post on how to do UPS integration. Uh, you started working on an open source project for it, so uh, you know it's a great product, uh, Mark. You've had a lot of lot of people that really love it, and so check it out. Go to rocketship.it. If you have to do any shipping for your web app, and you first, you know, right now if you're doing a PHP, and in the future when it's released, if you're doing it in Ruby, check it out because those APIs are such a hassle, and you know the way Rocketship it does it makes it super easy to do. So check it out, rocketship.it. All right, Mark, let's get into our topic this week. Um, We don't have a lot of time to do it, so let's get into it as fast as we can. You know, a lot of times you have a web app, and there's a lot of different ways to do this, but, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of companies worry about this, is you have all this content, and you just want to search it, right? This is kind of, I mean, like, what made Google the the Goliath that it is today, right? It's just searching. Yeah, you know, if you want to make a web app like InstaLyrics, for example, and you want to search through a big chunk of lyrics to find, you know, two words like hard sun I typed in um, and find the lyrics to that as well as, you know, sun arise, sunshine, hard sun, two different (laughs) artists, you know, things like that. You're going to be using uh, what's considered or what's called full text search. And uh, there's a few different ways to do this. Um, So we're going to talk about these. 
Uh, the first one we're going to talk about is Google Custom Search. This is probably the first one you kind of get introduced right. to if you have a blog or, or something like that, um, where you kind of want to use the power behind Google to search through your blog posts or, or whatever and and get going. It is commercial. Um, some of the benefits of Google Custom Search is it's super fast to set up. Um, I think it's just a copy and paste of some JavaScript code. Yeah. Give it a couple hours and it's got all kinds of, and probably not even that. I mean, for the first, I mean, for a couple hours to get some really good results, but it'll probably have something indexed before that mm -hmm. because it uses it in Google. Um, you know, easy to implement, just copy and paste. Uh, another benefit, if you if you do have like a blog and you're doing AdSense, you can actually inject your AdSense into the search results mm -hmm. and get some um, kickback on that. Some of the downsides is you can't really adjust the content ranking. You can't say that I think this stuff should be worth a higher rank right. based on these this rule pattern. Yeah. Um, it's Google. So... It, however those results would show up in Google it's their algorithm and and you know you can do a sitemap like you would normally do for Google and stuff but really in the end you can't say like I just want you know no matter what if they search for this I want this article to come up first you have to try and do it using normal SEO techniques um, it's mainly for just indexing HTML pages so you can't do you can't like index your search queries in your database um, you know if you had it's Google. Again, it's looking for like yeah. PDFs. It's looking for, you know, they're getting better, like searching for docs and text files and PDFs and stuff, but uh, you're limited to what Google will let you do. Um, you know, this is pretty cool. Like I use this for jaderobbins.com. And one cool thing about it is, you're right, it's super easy to integrate. Like you just put the Google search form in your page and then you just make another second page where they give you code to insert, JavaScript to insert, where it just, it's, it's just waiting for, you know, waiting for that search term to come in. And so, you know, like if like I use WordPress, it was really easy. I just made a page in WordPress and put that JavaScript in that page uh, and it worked fine. It worked fine within my layout. I was able to customize the colors a little bit. The other cool thing too is I was able in this custom search to add multiple sources. So if you go to jaderobbins.com, it searches not only jaderobbins.com stuff, but it searches my, my Montana frag posts it searches my face-off show posts it searches everything that you know I was able to add multiple sources that I said you know this is you know look if the people are searching here look for this so like you go to jaderobbins.com you look at through all Jade Robbins content which is kind of cool yeah definitely um, the other options are um, you know more like a library you know more involved like you said with, with Google checkout or I mean it's not Google checkout Google <laughs> custom search you just copy and paste it in and it'll start indexing if you want to do like, uh, you know, like, let's say you had a you had a database of lyrics, but you didn't have the pages made. You wanted to like make them on the fly as as new songs and lyrics came in, or you had a site like Stack Overflow where new questions are constantly coming in, and you know, it's not as good for Google Custom Search. Um, and you can't do things like search by tag. Um, right. Do you know, the fancy stuff like that. Uh, so what you have to turn to is the open. You know, these. Uh, these kind of libraries or these these right. more involved, you know, search not so much uh, a know, product, libraries like, or engines like more what? of a library that you integrate to search with, right? Yeah, so we've got a couple of them. We're going to talk about the open source ones. Um, I'm not sure. I think there are some other commercial ones. If you guys, but but that said, I've I mean, when I did my research, a lot of big companies are using these. Um, so I kind of focused on the open source ones. But if you guys you know, know of any other ones that I missed, let me know. I think the commercial uh, ones are, they tend to be very expensive. So, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, you pay a company for this product and it, it you know, it's, it's usually enterprise level. 
And I should actually mention that Google Custom Search, you can buy it uh, and remove the Google logo. Oh, cool. And just have the results and, and things like that. But um, you still, still don't, don't think you can change the ranking and yeah. some of the advanced stuff that these other ones can do. Right. Um, with that, we'll get into the first one, which is Sphinx. Um, so, so Sphinx tagline is searching via Sphinx API is as simple as three lines of code and querying versus Sphinx QL, uh, is even simpler than search queries expressed in good old SQL. Not entirely sure if it's really (laughs) that simple, but you know, it, we'll, (laughs) we'll see. Uh, it is some of the benefits, you know, it's open source. It does have commercial support. So if if you're, you know, growing a web app and you start getting a lot of users and you need to really do some advanced stuff, you do have that option. You're not left in the dark. Uh, result, uh, relevance ranking is default. You can also set up your own sorting if you want to, you know, weight things heavier. If right. like tags or certain words in lyrics or the titles in posts versus, you know, you can actually set up how you want things ranked, mm-hmm. which oftentimes you are the better judge of what's valuable in the content that you are that you have instead yep. of just relying on something like you know Google and <laughs> however they do it. Um. It's it, both of these services, you know, actually all of these open source uh, modules, including Sphinx, uh, operate with pretty low memory usage. So you can use these on like a VPS, a small virtual private server. Oh, that's nice. They do take a while to index. So if you need like real time indexing, you might need to add uh, add some more servers to do the indexing. But as far as like the searching, uh, you can do that with very, very low memory. There's an API for Sphinx in Java, PHP, Python, Ruby, Perl, and C, and as well as other languages that pretty much covers most of the web languages. Yep. Sphinx is written in C++, so it's pretty fast. Some of the stats, um, it can index 60 megabytes per second per server that you add. Wow. Uh, it can you know do 500 plus queries per second. Uh, I think that is also per server. <laughs> uh, the biggest known, you know, Sphinx cluster indexes five billion documents, uh, resulting over six terabytes of data. And the busiest one is unsurprisingly Craigslist, that yeah, serves fifty cool. million search queries per day. Go figure. So Craigslist uses Sphinx to uh, do all their searching uh, through their site. Uh, other companies that use it: Slashdot, Mozilla, and. Uh, a company that we really like is WordPress.org. You know it. And the next one is Lucene, and that is done by the Apache Foundation, which does, uh, of course, Apache as well as uh, Hadoop, some of the... Uh, tons of software. They do so right, much. Tons it's of crazy. Stuff. It's also open source, of course. This one's written in Java. Some of the search types you can do with Lucene as well as Sphinx is, you know, like ranked searching, um, phrase words, wild cards, you know, you see that with like the star. I want to, you know, search for star.pdf, for example. Uh, fielded searches, you want to search for, I want to search for like title colon, you know, equals this or author colon, uh, date ranging stuff, sort by, you know, any field, um, and simultaneous update and searching. So you can be searching and it's not going to affect like, you, you could still have stuff indexing in the background. Cool. Some of the stats on Lucene is, uh, you know, 95 gigabytes per hour on modern hardware of, you know, text. That's a ton of text. 
<laughs> small RAM requirements. So you can you can host this on a VPS as well. It only requires one megabyte of heap. Indexing is roughly twenty to thirty percent of the size of the text. Um, so you, you know if you have a gig, it's going to be two hundred megabytes or so. Yeah, I mean, what you think uh, is, is a problem? You know, I mean, like I, I didn't really think about that until you said that is. You know, making sure that, you know, it's not like four times that of the data just to index it. <laughs> yeah. And so the next one is Solar. And the reason I'm, you know, cutting on to the next one really fast is because Solar is just built on Lucene. It What it is is it's – so Lucene is more of a library and Solar is a server that kind of sits on top of Lucene. Uh, it can do everything Lucene does, but it adds some more like, XM, you know, like an HTTP XML and rest um service cool so you can you can update and add things to it you know through your web app a little bit easier just because you know working with web apps you're usually more familiar with like http um mm -hmm. i mean i don't know it's i guess it's a preference thing some benefits over sphinx solar is uh, easily embeddable in java applications so if your website is written in java like a lot of enterprise websites uh this one you know might be a little bit easier to use mm -hmm. um even though you know sphinx does have a java uh library solar can be integrated with hadoop um, and of course that's because apache also does hadoop for you know distributed applications mm -hmm. Um, so here's a big one. Solar can index proprietary formats like Microsoft Word and PDF. So that's, I guess, one of the things that Sphinx doesn't do very well. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the companies that are using Solar, you know, these are big ones. You know, eHarmony, Ticketmaster, Dig, AOL, and Zappos. So I think between the two, uh, you know, if you're looking to add search to your web app, these two are probably going to be the ones you're going to want to look at. Like if you and, want to do heavy list, heavy lifting, you know, look at look at those uh, for, you know, really quick integration, super cheap and, and uh, you know, really easy to set up. You know, Google Custom Search is pretty easy, pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's true. I guess if, if you have like a yeah, like you were saying, like a blog or something simple, you just want to, you know, if, if your time frame to set up search is less than that one day, mm -hmm. go for the Google Custom Search. If you want to do spend a week or more and make sure your search is really really awesome right. and you have a lot of time to spend on it go with these other two exactly all right well that wraps it up for this episode of face off i want to remind you guys you can subscribe to the show by going to faceoffshow.com slash subscribe if you haven't done so yet uh we're also in itunes uh if you want to uh you can also leave feedback for the show by going to faceoffshow.com slash feedback send us a tweet email uh talk to us on facebook love to hear from you guys uh, and stay tuned. I think we're working on uh, an interview next week that should be very exciting. Uh, I'm super pumped about it if it does come through. So stay tuned. I think it's going to be awesome. Thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next week.